Testing, testing, testing. Yep, that sounds good. That sounds good. Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Prog Quo. You know, it's been a while. It's been a while uh, since we've uh, jumped in, uh, but I figured it was time. I figured it was time to bring things back and uh, connect with my friends and loved ones for some progressive rock music. Uh, Now, uh, most of these were recorded throughout 2021, so they're kind of all over the map in terms of tone, in terms of... um, uh, material, but I think we're going to have a good time. I think we're going to have a good time. Just as a reminder to everybody, we're going to be uploading one video at the start of every month. So we'll get 12 episodes in 2023. Hope you guys will enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're slowly getting back on track, slowly getting back on track. Uh, this episode was actually recorded just, just before we went on hiatus. We're talking like mere days. Uh, this was recorded in at the Thanksgiving of 2021 uh, with my cousin Reese, who is a younger folk, part of the the younger generation and uh, very well-spoken, very intellectual, very intuitive when it comes to music. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one. Uh, anyway, that's enough of me yammering on. I hope you enjoy this episode and we'll catch you at the break. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. We'll see you then. Come along. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you want to give yourself a little introduction? Because you are now my second cousin to be on this podcast. Yes, I am. I'm, my name is Reese McLean. I am 18 years old. I'm here just for fun. I thought I'd throw some, some of my music taste into the loop into this podcast and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, incorporate the younger generation, get that young blood listeners into this. Um, Now, because you are, I think you're the youngest person to be on this podcast, Mm. how do you listen to music? I'm really interested to hear like Mm. your uh, routine it is, because you also listen to quite a variety of music. So yeah, how, how do you listen to music? You're absolutely right. I do like listening to a wide variety of music. Um, my, I mean, my main genres, I guess I'd say, are a lot of funk, a lot of metal, some progressive music, mm-hmm. some um, pop music, a lot of alternative, just anything and everything I can recognize and appreciate. Uh, but my, of course, my main genres are metal, mm-hmm. pop punk, um, that kind of stuff. I, I'd say a lot of genres, alternative genres that I find are easier to listen to. Hmm. Of course, I do like my harder music. Like, I love my Mushiga. I love some <laughs> deathcore, metalcore. Yep. yep right? Yep. I, I do dive into those kind of heavy music genres. I'm not the biggest fan of pop per se, but I can recognize 
its production value. I can recognize how much effort and energy does actually go into it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, how I listen to music. I listen yeah. to music. Um, honestly, I, I just listen to what I like. You know, some okay. days I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling this playlist, my mm-hmm. old rap playlist. Or some days I'll I wake see. up and I'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna kill a couple albums today and mm-hmm. listen through it and, and and see how it goes. And some days I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I, maybe I just won't listen to a lot of music today. Okay. Right. So it's mean like so it's kind of like a balance between playlists and albums proper then. Yeah. All right. That's that's actually really interesting. I was kind of the same. Still mm. am a little bit, but I'm assuming most of this is through your phone. Yes. Yeah. Um. So do you ever like pop in a CD or in, like a, a record or anything like that, or is it mainly strictly through your phone? It's strictly through my phone. Okay. It's strictly on Spotify. Yeah. So I do have access to a lot more, um, uh, you know, f- Spotify playlists mm-hmm. and my own playlists. Yeah. I find that a lot easier to listen to. I mean. Yeah, that's personally. fair. It's right at the fingertips. I know. For me, it's about fifty-fifty of records and uh, Spotify on my phone. Uh, if I'm on the go, it's Spotify. If I'm at home, then it's on the records. So That being said, though, I do I do have to say, this is probably going to come as a little bit of a shock, a little bit of a hot take, but I do think that the um, moving forward in music, I think it is almost all based around singles. Mm. It is, very, at least in contemporary pop music of today, right. yep. it is almost always based around singles. Right. And I would agree and also disagree with that. I think specifically for pop, I think you are quite right. Mm -hmm. I think there will be... But I also think that we are reverting back to how rock and roll was constructed in the 50s and 60s, -hmm. where those were very singles driven. Like if you think of like the Beach Boys, if you think of the Beatles, if you think of even like Buddy Holly and those artists, they would put out singles. And once they had enough singles, they would put out an album. And that, I feel, is what's going on now for such artists like Lil, um, Lil Nas X, for uh, Billie Eilish, for um, like Ava Max, where it's less of a construction of album, but eventually enough singles will be produced. Because the reason why they call it an album is they would group a bunch of singles together and sell it as though it's like a photo album. So the term album is actually the collection of singles. Yeah. So in, in a fact, I, I agree that we've reverted back to that style, but I don't think we'll be done with albums at I'd any agree. time. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you as well. I do think um, a certain group of people, they will always gravitate towards album, right? A finished, oh, complete piece as a <laughs> whole, right? With one um cohe- uh, cohesive message yeah right yeah and i think um as people approach music as art i think the album will always be a form to express that art it'll always be present yeah right? absolutely albums are never going to disappear or go away mm-hmm. but i do think the um, the importance of singles specifically um marketing mm-hmm. wise like using it for uh, video game marketing or you know, um, movie marketing, TV show marketing, singles are almost always what pushes the album to be bigger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unless you're like, I don't know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> if you drop an, you know, if the if the Chili Peppers dropped an album tomorrow, people would go crazy, mm-hmm. right? They You don't need singles to build up to an album well, like that, right? In fact, that's what Taylor Swift did with her last two albums. She mm-hmm. didn't drop a single single off of that 
until she was just like, oh, surprise, two days from now, an entire album is going to be released. Yep. So, yeah, and this actually segues us perfectly into what we're going to be listening to, because I think we talked a little bit before. I have a full album, and you've got two albums for me that will incorporate about 40 minutes worth of music. So tell me about these two albums. Let me know about those. All right. So I'll explain the number, the, the first one I have for you, all right? All right. So the first one, do you do I show it to you? You can show it to me. Yeah, what do we got? So it's in it's an, it's an EP. Yeah. It's by a girl named Yvette Young. Ooh. All right. Tell me about Yvette. So Yvette Young, um, I, pardon me, I don't know a lot about her, but <laughs> she she is um, a solo artist. She does all of the songwriting herself. That's right. She does all the singing. She does all the composing. All the guitar work is all done herself. It's interesting because I don't think she intended to be thrown into this specific genre of math rock, mm-hmm. but because I think her intricate guitar work and odd, and odd time signatures, they, they really kind of formulate this interesting sound with the clean guitars and people just kind of threw her in with the rest of math rock. Mm-hmm. That's really all I'm trying to say. Okay, right? She has okay. her own flavor, her own taste of acoustic music. And I think, I mean, for me, it's music that I can chill out to. It's music mm-hmm. that I can sleep to. It's it's it, it just, it fits what I like about her kind of style. Right, right, right. All right. I'm, I'm digging this already. You know, I love good math rock. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited to dive into this. What's the other? Is it the same artist that I'm also listening to or is it a different artist? It's a different artist. Now, okay. both, both of these artists, I think the average person would actually listen to the uh, both of them and okay. enjoy. Okay, okay. Like, I can see, let's take, for example, a regular high schooler who, who has probably never listened to any math rock, gotcha. any um, pop punk or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if you showed them songs from both of these artists, I'll, I'll get to the second one in a second. Yep. I think they'd enjoy both of them and really gravitate towards it. Now, the second one is by a band called Meet Me at the Altar, the album is called, well, sorry, it's another EP, pardon me. It's called Model Citizen. Oh, okay. Now, what's interesting about this band, um, of course, there were just a couple of uh, white folks up in here <laughs> talking about it. This is yep. this is an, an all-female, uh, people-of-color oh, okay. album, Yeah. right? And what's interesting about it, too, is that um, they all grew up across america they Mm -hmm. met up online and they recorded some of their parts and sent it to each other now this was in the beginning of their days uh, as a band but as they grew together they ended up coming together and releasing their final ep pardon me i thought it was an album but it it is an ep yep um what's interesting too is that i find a lot of their music very inspirational okay it's a lot about standing up and speaking your voice and saying what you have to say Mm -hmm. uh and I love it too because it's it's a mix of pop punk, mm-hmm. but it has very very deep and heavy bass in it, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's it's very well rounded. Okay, okay, okay. I think something that you'll find very interesting. It is pop punk, yeah, with kind of a genty kind of feel to it. Okay, okay, yeah. A little bit of double bass, heavy um, bass guitars. Yeah, because like when I was in middle school, I was really into the pop pop punk scene, but this was like the pop punk of like. The early 2000s, mm. so probably very, very different. But we're looking at like Blink 182, Sum 41, yeah. like the party rock kind of pop punk. Um, and I've been wishing to get back into more of that popular punk with bands like Pop. Um, mm. And this, I think, is going to be a really good time. Uh, and you've gotten me excited about both of these artists. 
It sounds like they're both very different. They, they are very different, and that's kind of the point. I wanted okay. to throw you just a little bit into, um, you know, two completely separate genres, two completely diff- uh, separate styles. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting mix because, as I was saying, if you make an average high schooler of today mm-hmm. listen to both of these artists, I think they'd really like both of them. Okay. Even though they're completely different, completely, completely different. separate. Interesting. Well, this will be good for me, who's been out of high school now for almost 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is going to be good. Right. Um, so do you want to hear what I'm going to have you listen to? Absolutely. So this is something completely different. Okay. Um, now, you said that you like some progressive rock. You know, mm-hmm. this is a progressive rock podcast. So I also know that you are very fluent in different genres. So it was really hard for me to think of something that you haven't already heard. So have you heard of the Montreal-based post-rock band called Godspeed You Black Emperor? I think, I believe I have. I think you've actually told me a little bit about them. It's like, Godspeed You exclamation point. Something like that. That's it. You've got it. Yeah. So these guys are very post-rock. They don't allow any kind of preconceived notions of what music should be Mm -hmm. stop them from making music so a lot of these are very impressionistic they're very um it's almost like an abstract painting at times it's just some people have even called them noise rock Mm -hmm. because of just how like unmusic some of their stuff is but the reason so i'm going to give you their second full-length album okay most people think that their first full-length album is their masterpiece and it would be hard to argue against that point, but I like their second album much more. Okay. Leading up to it, they put out a bunch of EPs mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of their songs stretch into 20 minutes. Yeah. So this album technically only has three songs. <laughs> All right. But it's an hour and 15 minutes long. Okay. So it starts off with uh, 091500. The album itself is called Yankee UXO. Yankee UXO. Yankee UXO. Yeah, by Godspeed, You Black Emperor. This is my f- second favorite album of theirs. Okay. My first favorite is one that they released a little bit later on, but I wanted to give you a staple album from them first. Okay. Um, it has three songs, 091500, Rockets Fall on Rockets Fall, and Motherfucker Equals Redeemer. Okay. So these guys are not shy of being crass, of being blunt. Okay. But most of their messages are hidden behind instrumental music. Okay. Because there's no words on this. It's all it's all instrumentals. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and of course they're Canadian, so I got to give it up to my Canadian boys. Yeah, you have to respect the Canadian artists. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I will go and listen to these two artists. Uh, I will be done well before you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. But this will also give me a chance to go, you know, give these... Two artists, maybe a couple passes. Yeah. Uh, so that I can really get myself into those. That's what I'm saying. I thought yeah. these two artists would be interesting because not only is it a different thing, not only I think for you, but just for people in general, right? These two separate artists are different things, but I can see one person listening to it. Mm-hmm. They are very accessible. I think they're fun. They're lighthearted, mm-hmm. right? You could read into it if you want to, but listening to it on a very surface level, both of these mm-hmm. artists that I've recommended, I think it, it'll just be fun for you. Amazing. You know what I mean? Like, um, if I can speak a little bit about a different band called Turnstile, mm-hmm. they're very rooted in 90s New York hardcore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I remember listening to them last year, some of their newer stuff, and it reminded me how fun music can be, how fun metal can be, right? Nice. Yeah. Because right? yeah. it's very easy to 
dive into the intricates, the nitty gritty of a lot of newer, let's say, progressive music. Right? Mm-hmm. It's super mm-hmm. fun and it's super, you know, it, but it, it can be difficult. And I think that's, for me, what kind of turns me off of a lot of uh, different progressive music, although I can enjoy it on Absolutely. a surface level. Yeah. I do find it very difficult to listen to. I so. will I 100% agree. There is a lot of buying, buy-in for mm. progressive rock music. Uh, especially a lot of contemporary progressive rock that doesn't just throw back to the 70s where everybody already knows what it's going to sound like. The more contemporary experimental prog stuff is a lot harder to get into, mm-hmm. and it takes several listens to, mm-hmm. which can kind of be said about these guys. So I'm really hoping that you don't just... I know you won't, but I know a lot of people see the runtime and see that it's all instrumental, and sometimes it doesn't really even amount to anything. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's too much. I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. And fair, you know, that music's not for everybody. Um, but yeah, the people that do grab onto it love that music. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. I think this will be a good time. This will be fun. Yeah, so uh, I'll go and listen to those two artists. You go and listen to Godspeed, and we'll be back once we listen to both of those albums. Let's do it. All right. Burn, burn, and with that, Reese and I go into our own musical silos to listen to a handful of different music. I will admit, Reese caught me off guard for listening to two different styles, uh, two different artists. But you know what? I'm up for a challenge. I was always up for a challenge, and I hope he will enjoy some Godspeed. Uh, you know, it's a band that has followed me throughout the years, and I think he'll really enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, just as a reminder to everybody, we are back, but we are uh, rolling out the episodes a little bit slower than we did uh, within the heyday of this podcast. We will be releasing one a month, uh, mostly at the beginning of the month. And uh, so keep your eyes on your pod catchers. The next one, obviously, will be released in February. Um, we're looking at like February 1st or 2nd. Just keep your eyes open. Uh, keep your eyes open as well on our social media. Uh, you can follow us along at Twitter, uh, which is, as I'm going to bring up the Twitter handle for all that, uh, you can cut. Co- oh, I don't actually have it. Anyway, you can follow me on Notes Reviews at Notes Reviews. That's where I'll be, um, you know, putting up all those. Um, you can also find us on Tumblr or not Tumblr. Oh, my gosh. I've recently been spending a little bit more time on Tumblr, a little bit less time on uh, Twitter. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Instagram, you can follow us over on Instagram, uh, and I think both are actually just quid prog quo. I mean, if you search, you guys are tech savvy enough, you can search for us. You don't need me to hold your hand on this one. Uh, but no, we are quid prog quo, no spaces on Instagram. So I will be uploading there for all of your convenience, all of your updates on this. Um, But anyway, that's enough about me yammering on here. Let's dive back into the episode proper, find out what I thought about these two amazing artists uh, that Reese has had me listen to, and find out what Reese thought about Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Let's dive back in.
so we are back after a couple days. We were at a family resort, so it gave us a good chance to dive into the music. So usually I go straight into you right. uh, to, my, to my guest to ask them, so what did you think about Godspeed? Okay, so I'll go through some overall notes that I have about the album as a whole, and then I actually have three different parts of notes for... Um, each song that I listen to. All right, sounds good. All right, so I, I did enjoy it. It's not the kind of music that I would listen to. Um, it's not the kind of music I'd sit down and listen to on my own all the time, right? It's mm -hmm, something that mm -hmm. I think was a journey, and I had a lot of fun because I, it was a change of pace for me. Well, that's good, that's good. It is a different like expression of music, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't really follow the conventional form of like songwriting ship it's more of like transitioning from one one phase to another yes you know um and i feel like this album in particular they handle those transitions very well whereas in past like their first album it handled it pretty well but um there were a few like stark changes that didn't really flow all that well where i feel mm -hmm. in this one they're the the transitions were from like one big crescendo to the next. Mm -hmm. It, it yeah. flowed. I, I noticed that as well. Everything flowed very, very naturally. Mm -hmm. Right? Every grandiose orchestral part, the biggest part of the song, it flowed. There was a natural, there was a natural flow between the quiet and the loud um, going back and forth. And it was, it was great. I really, really enjoyed mm -hmm. feeling that natural flow. So I'll, I'll dive right into my notes yeah, yeah, um, right yeah. away. So I also found this album is very great at creating feeling, Oh but yes, it excels at allowing you to apply your own emotion to it. And I also mm. wrote here, it gives a lot of space for you to do that. Yes. I, I describe it as it gives you so much space. It almost feels like you're flying through space. Mm, that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause mm. With this style of music, I always kind of attribute it to like a good abstract painting mm -hmm. in that you get as much out of it that you put into it, mm -hmm. right? So if you're putting more into it and like really kind of interpreting what's going on, you get a lot more out of it, Absolutely. right? So like your comment about it almost like being very emotional in that sense, is I would agree in that, in that case, right? Mm -hmm. um, because this type of music is very abstract yeah you know like it doesn't because it doesn't have any lyrics there's a lot to be interpreted from that because like they do approach music with a direct an intent mm -hmm. um and it's kind of like what people kind of interpret with that yeah, yeah. i i actually i wrote down here that um this album has very similar qualities to a video game soundtrack and mm. i think you can kind of mm -hmm. agree with that to an extent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like Again, I, I feel as though this album excels at being that ambient noise you can put in the background and yep. study to, but at the same time, if you want to read into it and, again, apply your own feelings and emotions and thoughts to it, you yep. absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree full-heartedly for that. Um, yeah, because there's <clears throat> a few of their albums they almost say are like soundtracks to the stories that they're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. And video game music does that very, very well. And um, one thing that I always mention whenever anybody brings up video game music is if you are studying or reading or anything that you need to engage with, listen to like specifically video game soundtrack music mm -hmm. because it's made with the intent of engaging you with something else. Mm -hmm. It's there to heighten whatever it is that's going on um, because that's what it's made to do. It's made for you to engage with the video game. It's made for you to get sucked into this 
more, um, uh, it's like all encompassing to engage you further, Mm -hmm. um, to lose yourself in it. Uh, So it needs to be enough for you to enjoy your time, but not so much that it overpowers whatever it is that you're attempting to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that this music does that as well. Um, outside of some of the more crescendo-y moments, mm-hmm. where it almost overtakes the um, the emotion in that sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's what spearheads. That's what drives the emotion. Absolutely, right? those big absolutely. Crescendos, those big, I wouldn't say courses, but those massive, wide, mm-hmm. layered, um, grand parts. Yeah, right? and this, I know that this album in particular is like very. You said wide, but yeah, like big, large. Um, it's almost akin of like being on a mountain and just like staring out into the mat, like masses of yeah. landscapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing, I, I actually found it interesting. It's funny when, of course, I listened to this on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I saw the um, uh, the album recommendations afterwards, and there's actually a playlist that said. Uh, soundscapes for video games oh, okay. right underneath it. That so makes sense, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, again, this listening to this was a nice change of pace for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't naturally sit down and listen to this again, but mm-hmm. it is an album that I'll save and throw on um, if I need ambient noise in the background. If mm-hmm. I want to fill the space with something that's mm-hmm. not, you know, metal or you know something yeah. else like that. Yeah, because in my mind, this album is just as heavy as some of like the heaviest of metal based on like the largeness of the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does have a little bit of that chaos, that raw energy that I love about metal without mm-hmm. the like massive, like fast energy. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, the energy is the same. It's just in a different form. Yeah. Right. Instead of it being like blast beats and you know, mm-hmm. tearing down the doors, it is this grand large build, you know, it's like the difference between, say a tornado and a hurricane mm-hmm. you know it's got the same amount of energy it's just one is very wide scale and the other one's a little bit more concentrated very interesting and I believe this was mostly on the first song um, in the smaller quieter moments they mm-hmm. focused a lot more on the dissonance between different notes mm-hmm. and chords mm-hmm. you know the, these notes and these chords wouldn't naturally sit with you because they feel they don't feel right they yeah th- they have a lot of tension right but when it does get to those grand layered you know almost coarse uh, like parts that's when everything comes together and mm-hmm. there's no longer that dissonance, right? You can yeah. feel that major chord that, that is really driving it forward. Mm-hmm. And I thought that hit hard. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Speaking about the individual tracks, was there a track on here that you liked more than others? Because I know for me, my favorite track is the second track mm-hmm. of um, uh, the Rockets Fall on Rockets Fall. Yes. The, um, the, if I can interrupt real quick. Absolutely. The first thing I noticed about that song is... Yeah. It sounded like that was a soundtrack to an old Disney movie. Mm. I think like, um, like Seven Dwarves, yeah, that yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Cinderella, yeah. some of these old 2D, okay. old-fashioned okay. Yeah. Um, Disney movies. I thought that was really mm. interesting. No, I can, I can kind of see it. Because I know, uh, I'm trying to think, it's it's the the twofold for me is the initial build mm-hmm. uh, where it's got that like very um, subtle 
picking of the guitar, mm. uh, and that part is almost contrasted from the first um, first track, which is a lot more strings, a lot more larger sounds. This one just starts very small and then begins to build, and it mm-hmm. builds into like this massive crescendo that then has the song essentially fall apart, only to be rebuilt again with another massive climb. I, I I do like this track because it does have those different moments, right? Like there mm-hmm. are moments where you're like, okay, this is a little more psychedelic. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. other parts in the track where you're like, oh, this is a little more orchestral. Yeah. Right? There there's there you can hear the strings and they're obviously the for and you know, in the forefront mm-hmm. of this song. Mm-hmm. Um I, again, I wrote down here that it sounded like it would be in an old 2D uh, Disney movie. Yep. Again, I think this is probably one of the better songs in which you're allowed, you're able to apply your own emotions and your own thoughts and feelings yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. I also think, like, uh, I, love, I love the structure of this album because I feel like this mid-track is much more tangible mm-hmm. than the other two. I feel like the other two are a little bit more, I always say, erythreal. It's like heavenly, but it's un- intangible. Mm. So like you can interpret it, you can see it, but you can never really touch it. That's fair. You know, there's not this tactile mm. aspect to it. But this mid track of Rockets Fall is very tangible. You can like grab onto it and really sink your teeth into. Mm. Whereas the other ones are just kind of like laying it just bask over you. You know, mm. you're just feeling that heavenly uh, fire, but you like the heavenly heat, but you can't touch it. You know, it's yeah. like you can't touch a fire, mm. right? Uh, I mean, it can, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, and I love that structure because it's kind of like a sandwich in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, moving on to, mm-hmm. um, uh, to the last track. Here, oh yeah. Actually. The big one. Yeah. The big final one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the first thing that stood out to me was, were the driving bass lines and mm-hmm. the driving, um, drums that really kept the beat. It kept you engaged. It kept you in the song. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I found, I think I enjoyed the the, the parts more in which I was able to recognize and hear those bass lines, mm-hmm, right? Keep mm-hmm. that chord progression going and keep that yeah. driving force moving. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I find the the last track of the Motherfucker equals Redeemer, um, it's very bottom heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost reaches... Like, if the first track was very erythral and heavenly, the mid-track was being on Earth... I feel like this last one is reaching down right into hell. Yeah. Like, it's got mm-hmm. such, like, that bass line, that, like, drum beat, the rhythm section. It's mm-hmm. almost monotonous in being hypnotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost, like, lulls you, almost like the Pie Piper. Yeah. Like, right down <laughs> into hell. You're like, oh, no, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I Another thing, I think, specifically for this song, but it relates to all the other songs that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the other two songs. It's, um, pardon me, it's... The sense of familiarity mm. in all of it, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm, when mm-hmm. I hear a part, when I hear a song, I feel it feels familiar to me, right? Yeah. None of it. I think this entire album is really great at at, at making you feel warm and cozy in it, mm-hmm. right? It allows you, again, to uh, apply your own thoughts to it, but it never. It's it's not hard to relate to it, you know. Yeah. When, when you listen to a lot of other. Um, specifically for me, when I listen to a lot of other prog masterpieces, I find it very yeah. hard to sit down and listen to 16, 20-minute right, long right. songs, right? Yeah. It's very hard for me to grasp and sink my teeth into, mm-hmm. right? The only way I could do that is by listening to it over and over and over again. Yeah, and that's one of the appeals that I have about prog is that, you know, it each time you listen to it, it changes a little bit and it just grows. It either grows in appreciation or you're like, oh, I think I'll take a step back. But, like, this 
type of music, like you said, is almost familiar the moment that you listen to it. There's mm. like an immediate recognition towards it. And part of it, I think, might be the repetition of motifs mm. so often. Um, and also, it's how like deceptively simple it is. Yeah. Because there's so many different layers going on that the main theme itself is very simple. But because it's padded so much, it feels very novel. Mm -hmm. So I, I to totally understand what you're saying about it being immediately recognizable um, without needing to do too much, like, sit down and repeated listens it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think the best parts about it, though, uh, what kept it progressive to me, of course, were the lack of vocals. Mm -hmm. But they also played with different time signatures, like 6-8 mm -hmm. and... And they, as I mentioned before, they played with a lot of dissonance, specifically mm -hmm. in the first track. Mm -hmm. And I think I thought that was really interesting because as much as familiar as a lot of this sounds, yeah. it does kind of challenge you in those ways, in those, you know, I shouldn't say typical, but the regular progressive ways in yeah. implementing that dissonance in the song, um, those long grandiose songs and mm -hmm. uh, again applying those odd time signatures in which mm -hmm. once you feel like the the three beat the one two three one two mm -hmm. three, you, know, mm -hmm. you can kind of bob your head to it you're like oh yeah. here's the beat That's, yeah, this is a little more fun it's very uh, i keep saying hypnotic uh absolutely when you get into that yeah mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah i i know that you said that like I feel like we're talking very intellectually about this mm -hmm. but i do want to know how did it make you just feel emotionally Emotionally? Yeah, emotionally. Like, just, you take it, take your brain and put it on this table, and just, like, where does it fit in that core? Hmm. No, this is something, admittedly, I don't think I put a lot of uh, thought into. You're not supposed to. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, again, I, I'm probably not going to answer your question here, but for me, oh, a, lot of, a lot of this album allowed me to kind of sit back and again, there's a lot of space within the album, in the layering, but also mm -hmm. in the time that it gives you. So mm -hmm. to me, it allowed me to sit back and relax. Okay, you know, okay. It felt okay. very calm, but it felt um, as though there were some subtle emotions you could latch onto. Mm -hmm. But again, for me, it felt like I was flying through space. Nice, yeah. I, I pretty much agree. For me, this is like a... Um, like a serenity chaos mm. where it's like flying through space, but you don't have any feet on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like this uncertain, especially when you listen to it on the first couple of tries, this chaotic, uncertain, uh, very like what's going to happen, but in a very safe, very um, comforting way. So, I, and I mean, that's kind of the perfect way to go through life, really, yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Challenging, but safe, right? So, yeah. so I'll, I'll repeat uh, what I said before about this ah, album. Absolutely. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I do think this is something I'm going to listen to again, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to... Uh, this is going to be more so background music for me. Right, right. Yeah. This sense of ambience the album holds is very interesting, and I really, really enjoy that. So. Mm -hmm. To me, I will use it as such. I'll mm -hmm. use it as that ambient noise, mm -hmm. just as other people would put on maybe The Office in the background. Yeah, right, or, or right, movies right. in the background. Yeah, because that's right. what I do, right? Like a lot of my friends put on TV shows in the background. I put mm -hmm. like this type of music on in the background, especially when I'm doing like housework or something that I don't necessarily like. There are times when I'll just put this on and strictly pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, but there will also be times when I'm just cooking or doing something. In fact, and I've said this before a number of times, I remember having a conversation with an old drama teacher of mine. Mm. And he said, um, music is the only thing that we participate in, but 
as a second or third thing. Like, for example, very few people sit down and just listen to music. Most of the time when they put on music, it's because they're doing something else. Mm -hmm. They're driving in the car. They're reading a book. They're doing homework. They're cleaning. They're playing video games. But unless you're going to a concert, you never just really sit down and just listen to music, Mm -hmm. which I kind of was like, I do that, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but that just kind of entered my mind. No, I totally so, understand. Yeah, yeah. All right. This yeah. was a good. This was a good experience for me. I had a good time. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah. And I'll give. I'll give it another listen. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, you got me then to transition. Uh, this is the first time that I got to listen to two albums. Well, I shouldn't say the first time because I did listen to um, the Billy Elliot uh, two album with. Um, their latest kind of endeavor, like the multimedia thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I got to listen to Blackpink's two albums as well, because they're both like 20 minutes. So you got me to listen to two very, very different albums, mm-hmm. right? Like this was the first time that I was listening to two very different ones. Um, the first one being Acoustics by Yvette Young. Yeah. So I can talk a little bit about that. But I also just kind of want to talk about the kind of the interplay between the two uh the other one being meet me at the altars uh model citizen because i obviously i've been out of high school now for almost 15 years so i don't know like i'm not as connected but i definitely see the youth appeal absolutely of both of these Mm. you know both of these bands are very young and young sounding and I don't mean that as like a negative because a lot of people are like oh they're too young you know but like no 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 um I mean that in more of a descriptor Mm -hmm. and with young comes um like this hunger Mm -hmm. this this um need for statement to stake their claim to carve out their own space and that both were very apparent but in very very different ways Mm -hmm. you know I felt like meet me at the altar was much more of a dominant presence mm-hmm. whereas Yvette Young was much more of a subtle request but still in a very like demanding voice yeah um and I love both of the expressions but very very different very different so first I'm going to talk about Yvette Young mm-hmm. uh which I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that's good um, to hear yeah it reminded me of especially her guitar work was just Ridiculous. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Like I, I'm brought back to some of the more intricate jazz playing that like Robert Fripp would do from King Crimson. Mm-hmm. Like especially within albums that were more jazzy in approach, like um, Starless and Bible Black, mm-hmm. um, like Lark's Tongue and um, Lark's Tongue and Aspect, um, where it was much more jazzy. Like, all you needed to do was add some ridiculous drumming and some uh, violins, and you'd have those albums. Exactly. Um, I loved those, like, even just her expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and paired that with such a heavenly voice was exquisite. It, it took, like, a master class jazz guitar, at least in my ears, um, and paired it with a very indie female singer-songwriter approach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm almost thinking of it like blending uh, like Sarah McLaughlin or Alanis Morissette from the 90s with some of those more indie, very jazzy math rock approaches Absolutely. of today. We're long skin. 
I, I would describe Yvette Young, and I think you could say this a lot uh, about of a lot of other jazz or progressive artists. It sounds like um, the music, the instruments, are almost playing a completely different song mm-hmm. than what she might be singing, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And and that's why I like giving these kinds of albums two listens, mm-hmm. right? That's why they're only twenty minutes long. I can repeat yeah. it, and that's yeah the length of some albums, right? A forty minute listen yeah. is. Uh, for me, at least a little more digestible, and I can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But one time I'll listen to the lyrics. Second time I listen to it, I'll listen to the guitar work. Yeah. And it's, and you can approach this one album um, from Eva Young completely differently if you mm-hmm. only focus on one element of the songs. Right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, and so that's interesting. Do you? Because I, I I've run into this discussion a couple of times. When you listen to music, do you listen and digest the lyrics? as well what i do this is usually what i do i this is again this is coming from someone who does enjoy funk as well as metal and anything in between i actually listen to the instruments first the instrumentals and i listen to the melody of the singer and how that mixes in and how that pairs with the um instrumentals yeah but i I do not listen to the lyrics first yeah that actually comes after same yeah i'm the exact same way with me i listen to i say i listen to the shape of the lyrics rather Mm. than the actual lyrics themselves yeah so i listen to like how they integrate and form themselves around the music yeah um how they harmonize how they interplay between one of them but it's not until maybe the third or fourth listen that i'll listen to the actual lyrics themselves mm-hmm. um and with that it's almost like the music then takes a little bit of a back seat and they're the ones that it's harmonizing with the lyrics itself mm-hmm. now i do if you don't mind me looking at the track Absolutely. list again one of my favorite songs is actually mermaid mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one of the only songs i sat down and listened to the lyrics for the first like on the first listen i listened to the lyrics right because right. i found that those lyrics hit harder than any other yeah song i i would agree list. like i for me it was a map a string a light the first track only because mm-hmm. it was the first track and it just like i was surprised of how unconventional the structure of that track was mm-hmm. because it doesn't follow the usual verse course verse course bridge course yeah. right it there was a number of times when i thought because it's just her and the guitar she had moved on to another track mm-hmm. but really she's just continuing the story that she's weaving within that track itself. And I, as a person that loves progressive rock, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I love that she honored the song and didn't just let it die. You know, it wasn't, okay, we've maxed out the runtime, we've mm-hmm. gotten to the third chorus, let's end it. It's like, well, no, I still have more to say. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated the fact that she gave the song the respect that it deserved with what she wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. She allows the instrumentals in that song specifically, a map, a string, of light, mm-hmm. to carry where the song is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and and I think she does that naturally and perfectly because I mean that is a seven minute long song. I mm-hmm. I can only imagine that will be tougher for a regular, uh, <laughs> well, for a regular pop listener yeah, to listen yeah, to. Yeah. But I do think giving this song the time of light to listen to you Mm -hmm. know giving this song a little bit of patience you'll really understand where she's going where she's coming from and what her goal is yeah and i also i also much to your point uh about the length i really appreciated the length Mm -hmm. um i feel like if it had gone into you know if it was double the length like a regular lp for example Mm -hmm. i feel like some of the songs would get overlooked um Mm -hmm. because this style of music is very singular and it can get a little bit repetitive. Mm. 
Mm. Um, I mean, you can say that about almost any type of music, but unless there was something that really shook up the style, mm. I could see that some of the tracks upon first and second listen might get lost in the, the track length mm. or the, the runtime. Whereas with there only being five tracks, it really helped me digest and think upon each track individually. Absolutely. As well as how it works in the um, the runtime itself. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised about this. I love this. I know my girlfriend really liked it because I played it for <laughs> her as well. Uh, she really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I had a great time with it. Um, awesome. And I will completely return to it. Absolutely. Now, um, final thoughts on, on Yvette Young. I, again... Very surprised, very uh, enjoyable. Um, it, she actually reminded me of, and you might really appreciate this, there's a group called I Am The Morning, okay. um, and it's all one word, um, and it has a performer on that called uh, Mariana Sikim. I can never pronounce her last name. It's Mariana uh, I'm going to actually look it up so I can... Uh, Mariana Semkinya. Um, uh, and the two sound eerily um familiar whereas i found like yvette young was much more of a complex jazz math Mm -hmm. um mariana is much more like uh emotional more indie but they both have that same kind of haunted singing style Mm -hmm. so i'll probably pair the two very yeah. often so like when i listen to mariana's work i'll mm-hmm. probably follow it up with uh yvette's work entirely. absolutely so yeah yeah very great um next and then we go on to moral citizen now, from I, oh i am under the impression okay based off of some of the cousins i've talked to <laughs> yeah. that maybe you don't like this one as much as interesting i thought you would okay okay so let's let's under, just based off that impression, yep, let's, yep, yep. let's start with the flaws. I want to hear what you think the flaws, the flaws are with this one. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, I actually don't have too many flaws. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think about any of the flaws within it. I mean, the only flaw that I could think of is, unlike Yvette's work, where I thought the runtime worked perfectly, I would have liked to hear a full-length album from these guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, and maybe a little bit of, like, again, this is just my own biases mm-hmm. um because i love longer tracks i would love yeah. to hear these guys just open up and stretch a track into like the eight minute mark yeah just to have some powerhouse but no i don't really have too many flaws in terms of this mm. this album um i love uh, much much like yvette's almost dichotomy of um the singing style and the music playing I felt like that was particularly found on this, mm-hmm. where the actual music and the singers, it almost feels like they're doing two different things. Okay. It sounds like they're from two different bands. Yeah. But I love that. Mm-hmm. I really love that approach. I love that almost teen bop um, singing mm-hmm. um, being presented in more of like this, like dare I say, like, metalcore aspect of it. You know, there were some genty drops on there that I Mm. really, really appreciated. There was some really, like, fantastic... uh, And it's only the three of them, right? It is only the three of them, yeah. Yeah, so it's very, like, Rush in that, like, three three individuals are filling out so much space. Yeah. Like, even though they're able to, like, you know, Mm. record over themselves, 
Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of that here. No. I really, really enjoy this band because mm -hmm. they are. Oh man, where do I even start? Where do you even start? So, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the fact that you said you would love to see an eight-minute song from them. Yeah. Now, I think the reason they probably wouldn't go ahead and do that is because, well, they are a younger band, right? They yeah. want to appeal to the younger audiences. Their direct, um, pardon me, inspirations are, you know, Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two. Absolutely. Right? That being said, they these girls grew up from the you know the scene kids they mm -hmm. were emo kids when they were younger in yep. high school right and it's interesting i can now that you've put that into that context i can definitely hear like panic at the disco yeah. i can hear fallout boy i can hear like a lot of those emo scene even a little bit of like my chemical romance yep. in that present like presentation not only within the vocal works but mm -hmm. also in the music yeah um it's just I feel like I like the music presentation on this a little bit more, yeah. even though like you know My Chemical Romance is like an OTP for me. Like it's it's mm -hmm. one of my darling bands. Um, I really really enjoyed this one, and in fact, if I'm like laying out the two, and I don't want to compare, but like mm -hmm. if I were to look at um, Yvette's and I were to look at Meet Me at the Altar, I think intellectually. I liked Yvette's work more, yeah. but emotionally, I connected more with Meet Me at the Altar. Exactly. Yeah. That's well. They're tapping into that market of emo scene kids, but yeah. those who also loved pop punk. Mm -hmm. They they have a song called "Hit Like a Girl," and <laughs> and you know what? That song it's all about standing up. Mm -hmm. Like f you. You mm -hmm. know what? If you are you really gonna talk to me like this, I'm gonna hit like a girl. I'm gonna hit you harder than anyone has ever hit yeah, you. Exactly. In your life. Exactly. And it's yeah. funny because that song is like drop a. Or drop B or something. That oh, okay. was probably the most metalcore song they have. Pardon me, it's not. A, it's not on this album. <laughs> right, right, right. But I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of it. It's interesting because I do think the roots are very strongly held in the scene and in in the emo music that came out in the late two thousands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I feel like it's a little more grown up, maybe into the early twenty. I feel like this would appeal to the early twenty scene as well as late yeah. teens because they are all about that positive message mm -hmm. right now yeah. um i remember going through some of their youtube videos and looking at um some of the comments now this band they are all women they are all uh, people of color yep and so i'm looking at these comments and it's all about people saying i i am a, a black woman mm -hmm. and i wish i could have had this band when i was younger because absolutely unfortunately all those all the inspirations that i had they mm -hmm. were all white straight men oh yeah right yeah and that's one thing that i say time and time and time again about progressive rock music is like it's one of the most like monolithic um monochromatic um genres out mm -hmm. there if you look at the demographic it's mainly older white men mm -hmm. and i'm like no we need like we need more representation in there just for a diversity of music. We need these bands, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I 100% agree. Pardon me. I'm not exactly sure where Yvette Young is from. I believe she is of Asian descent, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure um, where from, right? I do think she is a great... She's a driving force in the math rock scene, mm -hmm. right? And you know what? Meet Me at the Altar is exactly that, but for more pop punk, a little more you know, heavier... Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe for that more heavier style, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. 
Um, I had a thought and now it's gone. That's okay. <laughs> that always happens. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. I didn't. There wasn't like any track that really stood out to me mm. on this one. It was just more of a start to finish experience that I really, really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I think I would definitely turn these guys back. Like I would listen to this again and again and again easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great time, and I loved their um, ability to have fun while. Um, being able to drop some gen core stuff on us yeah you know it's so hard to master both of those because mm-hmm. i feel especially with gent music and like this more like metal core it's so and uh, i'm trying to think of the best way to put it but it's almost so intellectual mm-hmm. that you don't really have that connecting emotional piece and i love that these guys bring that in interesting um and yeah i can see that it's so interesting to me me being of a certain age um, like I was growing up with bands that were very heavily influenced by the music of the seventies. Mm-hmm. So like Nirvana and later Foo Fighters and Soundgarden and all those rock bands were basically being very influenced by the rock from the seventies. Yeah. And it's so interesting now to hear bands that are being influenced by bands that were new when I was young. Yeah. Like Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day and all those. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, we're getting into like the fourth or fifth wave here. Yeah. And we're still creating such unique and original music. Right. I think, I do think Meet Me at the Altar is one of the most unique, modern, I would say, hard rock metal bands you can find. Right. Because I think think they perfectly balance the um, perfect production that people expect from pop music today. Mm -hmm. But they also balance having that little harder edge to it, right? With Mm -hmm. double bass and heavy bass guitar tones. Absolutely. Right? That is extremely metalcore. That's Mm -hmm. very metalcore, right? Mm -hmm. But they're singing it... um, Pardon me. The singing is pop punk. It is, yeah. Right? It's very emotional and it's it's very... um, I I, I enjoy it. I think they master it perfectly. Absolutely. And, like, this is part of the reason why whenever anybody says, oh, there's no such thing as, like, new music, everything is just a rehash of something that's already been done, there's no original ideas anymore, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's always going to be false. Absolutely. Because, like, look at these guys. Like, sure, the, the inspirations and, like, individual parts might be influences from the past yeah but they're creating something completely original and unique mm-hmm. so yeah i don't want to hear anybody say that yeah because <laughs> i'll always point to other bands and i'm like no these guys are brand new these guys sound and the thing that i love about both of these is because they're so young they have such a bright future ahead of them and their best music is still in front of them mm. like they haven't done their best music yet yeah which i'm really excited to hear i i do think for meet me at the altar this is the album in which they've perfected their sound they've perfected what their goal is and what they're going for yeah for Yvette Young it's really interesting because um I believe she's in her late 20s now and she has a couple albums out yeah right she has actually an album where she's only playing piano interest yeah because there was one that was just a piano one yeah yep there um her second album that follows suit with uh, what you just listened to with um, acoustics, mm-hmm. it's much more clean, right? It's much more clean cut. There's a little bit more piano. There's more synth. There's um, um, some more string sections in it, like a mm-hmm. violin and that kind of stuff. So yep. I, it, I think I think these people, again, as you said, you are right. They have more music coming ahead of them that that is going to be better than what they already have. Absolutely. Yeah. 
so yeah, thank you for introducing me to both uh, Meet Me at the Altar and Yvette Young. Had a great time with those. Um, and yeah, yeah. Is there, uh, now that we're coming to the end here, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want the listener to know about? Yeah. Um, my name is Reese Morgan McLean. I'm hoping <laughs> to do something in the acting realm. Yep. So if, if you hear my name come up, and I guess follow me on Instagram yeah. at, at Reese McLean and look forward because I'm going to be, I'm going to be coming oh, yeah. in this world. I'm going to be <laughs> doing my own thing and having fun with it. So absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. Follow Reese on the Instagrams on the Instagrams. And, uh, yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, and I guess until the next one, just keep sharing music, everybody. Yeah. So See you later.